Uh, I want to talk to you this morning about the man with two moms. How many of you know who the man with two moms is? Say it. Moses. Moses had two moms. He was one of the only guys in the Bible that had two moms. And so it was a crazy story. It's, it's actually, I like the story. It's kind of funny in some parts and then kind of sad in other parts. And so Moses had two moms. But before we get into Exodus chapter 2, I want to kind of set the scene up. Basically, the Israelites were, were living in Egypt under Pharaoh's blessing. And then all of a sudden, they started multiplying like crazy. I mean, it's like if they got wet, they would multiply. And the Israelites were just multiplying all over the place. And then, and then the, so the new Pharaoh comes in and he starts to get threatened because the Israelites are growing so great in number that he's thinking they, they might just like overtake us. And so the Pharaoh pulls, puts out a decree that all the, the newborn baby boys must be killed. He was pretty threatened, right? So he puts this decree out that all the newborn baby Hebrew boys had to be killed. And so basically, I don't know all the ways that they would kill the baby boys, but one of the ways is they would throw them into the river. Imagine that for a minute. Don't just read this as a Bible story, but put yourself there. Imagine seeing every day little baby boys floating in a river. It's a sad story. Very tragic story. We pick the story up that Moses is born in a culture of death. And he's born in a time where death is around every corner. And so that's kind of what's going on right now. So go with me to chapter 2. I promise you this is encouraging. I know that was kind of a low point, but we're going to get better. But sometimes you just got to know what the situation was like before you can see how they came out of it. And you can realize what they came out of and the impact. So that when it gets to be your situation and your circumstance and as bad as you think your circumstances, you can remember the story of Moses. And you can remember the story of Moses' mom. And you can say, you know what, my circumstance is bad right now, but if, if Moses' mom could get him out, then surely I can get my kid out. Right? So you need to remember that today. So chapter 2, verse 1, we're going to go to verse 10. I want to read it through for you. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her, her attendants walked along among the reeds. She, she sent her, her, her maid to get it to get it for her. And when the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, do the princess said, replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the, the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Just a little side note, the name Moses in Hebrew actually means to lift out. So his, 
His Egyptian name was, was meant that uh, he was lifted out of the water, but his Hebrew name means that he lifts out. He's lifting out something. And if you know the story of Moses, you'll see that later on in his life, he was responsible for lifting the children of Israel out of bondage. You see, there's something important about the name. Amen. So I want to start with this first point. I've only got two points to this message. My goal is to not go long. My goal is to just get down to business. We get to go take some pictures and then we get to go celebrate moms by eating a big old meal and taking a long nap. You better let that woman take a nap today, man. Let me tell you something. Kids, you better let your mama take a nap today. That come from the preacher. Come on, mamas. Y'all need to be like, amen, brother. Somebody need a white hanky. I mean, you need a nap, right? So, so I'm not going to hold you up so you ain't mad at me today. But we're going to get down to business, right? <laughs> so point number one, Moses' mom, by the way, was named Jochebed. Weird name, but that's her name. Her name was Jochebed. So number one, Jochebed had dreams. She had dreams for her baby. How many of you moms have dreams for your baby? How many of you moms, you've, you've closed your eyes or maybe when you were rocking them when they were itty bitty and, and then grown now, but then when they were little bitty and, and you kind of saw, you just started having dreams of what it was going to look like. You maybe, maybe some of you know what his wife is going to look like, or maybe you know what her husband's going to look like, or maybe you know what they're going to do for a living. I don't know. I mean, dreams are dreams. All kinds of things can happen in dreams, right? But you have dreams for your children, dreams of their future. Dreams of what they're going to look like when they get to be 16 and they're going through puberty. Dreams of how you're not going to kill them. You're going to let them live. Right? I mean, come on, let's just be real this morning. Some of you have wanted to take your children out. Send them, send them ahead to Jesus like, Lord, I can't deal with this. You, you got to get this. But Jochebed had dreams. She had visions. Now, she had two older kids. She had Aaron and she had Miriam. Who she also had dreams for. So she was used to having kids. She, was, she understood the joys and the pleasures of having kids. She watched them at all the different stages. And, and, and so she had that experience. But imagine this for a moment. She realizes that she's pregnant. Imagine the day she realizes that she's pregnant. Imagine the two different types of emotions she had. On the one hand, wow, I'm pregnant. I've got this life living inside of me. But then on the flip side of that, oh, no. If it's a boy, they're going to take him and they're going to kill him. Mamas, you've been through some crazy stuff the last couple of years. You've had those emotions on both sides where you love your kid. But then on the other hand, you're scared to death. Jochebed had the same thing. Imagine as he's getting bigger. Trying to hide herself. Maybe if they don't realize I'm pregnant, they won't know that I have a baby. And maybe I can kind of slip him through. And then it comes delivery day. And imagine going through the labors of, of the pains of labor and delivering the baby and seeing that it's a boy. I mean, listen, there was no ultrasound. Think about this. That's for real. There was no ultrasound. They had no clue if it was a boy or a girl. But so on that day, on that moment, she realizes they, they lift the baby up and say, it's a baby boy. Think about what she felt. <gasps> it's a baby boy. <gasps> oh, no. What am I going to do? Imagine all the emotions that were running through her at that moment. 
Talk about being pressed from every side. You want to be excited because you have life and God's blessed you with a baby. And then on the other hand, you've got all the pressures of the world around you trying to come in and steal, kill and destroy that baby. You know, the reality is, is that we live in the same day that Moses lived in. Your children are being born into the same environment that Moses was born into. Now, they're not taking babies and throwing them in the river, but they're taking them and they're killing them in the womb. And the enemy's coming, and as soon as they're born, he's coming after your babies. Right? He's coming to kill, steal, and to destroy every dream and hope and plan that you have for your kids. Imagine what she felt like. Gosh, I mean, I, I go, I just, there's no way I'd want to be in that situation. Imagine nursing him and trying to hide him from the government. I mean, listen, they were supposed to come in as soon as they found out the baby was a boy. They were supposed to come in right away, grab him and destroy him. The Bible says she hid him for three months. That was a that was a miracle in itself that she she kept her baby for three months and she nursed him. I wonder what it felt like when she laid in bed at night or she sat in a rocking chair and just dreamed of what he could be. Because I believe that's a natural instinct for a mom is to dream about what her kids are going to become and what they're going to do and how they're going to what they're going to look like. But in the backside, you know, she's sitting there dreaming about what her kids are going to be. And then all of a sudden she remembers, I can lose him any day. I can lose him any minute. There's a real enemy trying to destroy my baby. What do you do when things don't work out like you dreamed they would? What do you do? I think there's a couple of different reactions we have when we realize that that things aren't going to work out like we dreamed them to. I think one of the, the, the most common emotions is that we, we turn towards God and we, we throw our fist up at him. And go, I can't believe you let this happen. How dare you say you're God and you let this happen? I think sometimes we turn bitter. And we get angry towards God. But then there's other times where something inside of you rises up and it makes you turn towards God in faith and say, Lord, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know what the outcome's going to be, but I trust you. I trust you. You see, those are the three different ways you can re- respond to God when your dreams aren't working out like you thought they were. My mama had dreams for me. She thought I would be a perfect little boy. She had me in church three times on Sunday. And can I tell you, that wasn't enough to keep me from the world. I chased everything I could, ran every place I could, got as far away from my mama as I could. And I fell off into things and did things that I know broke broke her heart. And I imagine she had dreams that were broken. And I imagine she didn't understand. But the one thing I know about my mama is that she stood in faith. And what she couldn't do in her own strength, she trusted God for me. And though I ran my course and though I did my little running and I did my all hiding and all those kinds of things, she still believed God and trusted God. And one day I came all the way back around and I got back into God's plan for my life. Thank God for a good mama. Amen. Thank God for good mamas. So next question is this. Do you let your dreams drive you, mama, or do you let your dreams set you up for disappointment? Are your dreams for your children driving you? 
The, the image you see of them, is it driving you towards God? Is it driving you to be the best mom that you can? Is that your motivation, these dreams that you have for your children? Or is it, are you letting those dreams set you up for disappointment? Jochebed had her dreams, and she let her dreams drive her to the point of extreme faith. She stepped out and did what no other mother had ever done. Think about that. All these Hebrew baby boys dying. I don't know if it was every day, but at least weekly or monthly, baby boys dying. And Jochebed did something different. She broke the norm. She got radical. She got extreme. She came up with a plan. Are you hearing me? She stepped out in faith and trusted God. And she's like, you know what? I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to let it be this easy for the enemy to come and steal my kid. He's going to have to work for it. He's going to have to really, really work for it. I'm not going to make it that easy. Right. And so something rose up inside of Jochebed. She stepped out and, and did what no other mother had ever done. She trusted God with her baby. Listen to me, mamas. There's going to come a point in time in your life where you're going to have to just turn them over. You're just going to have to turn them over. You're going to say, God, I can't do anything else. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm done. I can't do this or that. And I don't know what age that's going to be for you. But one day you're just going to have to say, God, I trust you with them. I trust you, Lord. I'm out of plans. Lord, I'm out of wisdom. I don't know what else to do. Can you give me a strategy? Can you give me a plan, Lord? I need your wisdom. Right? Right? They're throwing babies in the river every day and something had to change. I heard a guy one time, overheard a guy giving a single mom some, some advice. She came to him and she said, you know, I'm wrestling with my son, he's, he's, he's dabbling in drugs and he's starting to experiment in drugs and I can't keep these people away from him and, and he's just so influential and I don't know what to do. Can you please give me some advice? And this guy said, well, you're going to have to do something extreme. She said, oh, okay, whatever I need to do, I'll do it. If, no matter how extreme it is, I'll do it. He said, good, pack your bags and move to Africa. I kind of went, so there's no drugs in Africa? I mean, what's the do? Now, I didn't agree with his counsel, but I agree with the principle behind what he was saying is that sometimes you got to take some extreme measures in raising children. Hello. Okay, all your kids are perfect and you don't have to sweat. All your kids are fine and you never get stressed out. None of you are ever worried about your kids. Some of you are shaking your head saying, no, I ain't worried about my kids. They grown and then left the house. But for the rest of you that got some in your house, you know what I'm talking about. Moms, what are your dreams for your children and are you letting those dreams drive you? Amen. Point number two, Jochebed had faith. She had dreams that, that caused her to, to, to dig down deep. She had dreams for her baby. She had so much love for her son that she, she wasn't just going to roll over and let it happen. She was going to fight. You see, good mamas fight. I remember my mom was a my mom was a tough woman. She was pretty but big boned woman. She's she just kinda you know, she wasn't fat, but she's just pretty and big boned. Ain't nothing wrong with a big boned woman. God, that just came out. How you recover from that? But my mom was she was Gentle, she could dress up in, in these nice, pretty dresses, and at the same time, she could dress down and drive a dump truck. I mean, that's, my mom was versatile. 
And she was, she was a strong woman. I mean, just a, a really strong woman. And I'll never forget one time in about 16 years old, I was in my rebellion and being a, a smart and, and, and we were leaving church and she did something wrong. And I just started laughing at her. And I'm telling you, her long arm came across that car and she gave me the backhand of, 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 of justice. She just went Wah-pow! right across the face. And at 16 years old, you know, I tried to man up and I'm sitting over. There, I'm not crying, even though it hurt. I'm not crying and I'm holding it in. And before you know it, all of a sudden I start going. <laughs> Couldn't hold it in. My mama was strong. My mama was willing to fight for me. My mama would step in front of different things and she would fight for me. She would fight to not let me go places she knew I didn't need to go, whether or not I understood. You see, my mom protected me and she looked out for me. So Jochebed had dreams for her children that led her to to rise up in faith. And so number two, Jochebed had faith. I believe in, in maybe during the pregnancy, maybe after the delivery or and while she's hiding him, I believe it came a point where she cried out to God and she said, Lord, you got to give me a plan. You got to give me a strategy, Lord. I can't just sit here and watch them take my baby. I can't just sit here and watch him be swept away. I need a plan, Lord. I need a strategy. You see, when you get into a desperate situation, it's funny how that's, that's the times that we reach out to God the, the hardest, right? When everything's falling down and falling apart. Why is that? Why is it we wait till everything's falling apart before we reach out to God? But the reality is, is that's what we do. And I believe she began to ask God for a strategy and for a plan. And mama, let me tell you something. You're going to need a strategy and you're going to need a plan for your children. Your wisdom is only going to take you so far. You need God's wisdom. Proverbs says you need to seek for wisdom like you would for gold. And when you find it, you better hang on to it because it's more precious than gold. Unfortunately, Jochebed didn't have James Dobson on the radio. She didn't have the family forum going on. She listened to me, mamas. She had to get a real word from God. The pressure of parenting pushed her into a place where she had to hear something from God. She didn't have the radio. She didn't have Christian radio. She had to go get it for herself. And mama, sometimes you can hear everything around you, but sometimes you're just going to have to go get it for yourself. You're going to have to go get you a word from God. When you don't know what to do and you don't know where to turn and you don't know where to go. And it seems to me as I read the story over and over again, that God begins to download a strategy for her. I mean, think about how this plan falls out. She, she takes him and somehow or another she figures out how to hide him for three months. First miracle. Then she realizes, you know what, he's getting too big. He's starting to scream a little too loud. This is getting too hard to hide him. I need to do something else. Lord, give me another plan. And the Lord gives her another plan. I mean, listen to me, you'll get crafty when God gives you a plan. You'll get this construction anointing on you. She takes reeds and starts building a basket. Think about this. She puts tar and pitch to waterproof it so it'll float. She has a plan. It was by no accident she put the basket where the basket was. She had to do a little bit of research. She had to go and do a little bit of observation and say, Hey, I wonder if I, if I put it right there, I wonder if, if Pharaoh's daughter will see him. Think about this. The Bible doesn't say that she put him in the river and he drifted down the river. The Bible says she tucked him away in the in the reeds at the bank of the river. 
And, uh, and, and so we can say, oh, by chance, Pharaoh's daughter sees him. That ain't no chance. Listen to me. She placed him right where she knew he would be found. She had a strategy. She had a plan. And she put him right there. And it's funny because Miriam, she must have knew what was going on. She's hiding in the bushes just trying to see what's going to happen to her baby brother. Think about this. It didn't just like magically happen. She didn't walk outside and the, the basket was there ready to float. She, she made the basket. She created it. She built it with her own two hands. Hebrews 11.23 says this, that it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given, him, had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. She was not afraid to break the law to save her baby. Think about this. Not afraid. She rose up and went against the norm and stepped out into the land of faith. She had a, she had a I'm going to go down swinging kind of attitude. And I believe that mamas have that. And sometimes you got to learn how to fight, find it and then learn how to use that. I'm not going down swinging. I'm not going down. You follow me? Somebody going to get a black eye on the way down. That's what, my, that's what real mamas do. They go down swinging, right? My mama didn't give up that easy. She had more trust in God than she had fear of the king. Look at what verse, chapter 11, verse 6 in Hebrew says. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. Watch this. And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. If you're not getting rewards from God, it may be because you're not sincerely seeking him. Come on, mama. I know how hard it is. I mean, I, know, I, know, I realize how easy it is to get stressed out and to get stretched out and to get just to a point of where you can't even think, especially with a newborn. My wife tells me, and I only know because she tells me and I live through it, that, that she, she was in a fog for many years. She couldn't get a, a, a straight thought out to save her life. It was just babies and babies and babies. And something about them baby boys, they just like, it's extra. I mean, that's real. I mean, baby girls are cute and funny and all that, but boys are like, I think they come out swinging. But the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. You know what that means? That means that God was, was pleased with Jochebed because she stepped out in faith. She, he was pleased because she didn't sit there and let the world come inside and take her son. She stood up and she did something different. She broke the norm. That pleased God. And watch this. I'm going to show you in scripture. He then turns around and rewards her. Go with me to verse 7 of Exodus. Chapter 2. It says, Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Thank God for little audacious girls, right? I mean, going to run up to the princess. Hey, you got your new baby? You need me to find somebody to, to nurse that for you? And she had a little mission herself. You know, she had this little faith thing on her too. It was coming from her mama. I mean, that was good. The little, the little teenage girl. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. I bet the princess was like, hey, yeah, that's a good plan. Go ahead. <laughs> Who'd she go get? She didn't go get her aunt. Right? She didn't go get T-Nana on the other side of the street. She went and got her mama. Right? 
She said, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get his mama. She went and got his mama and his mama comes and watch this verse nine. It says, take this baby and nurse him for me. Oh my goodness. She got her baby back. It ain't an Applebee's thing. I got my baby back, baby back, baby, baby back, baby back. I, got my, I don't know where that come from, but, but she got her baby back. You follow me? She got her baby back. That's, a, that's enough good news right there that she, she trusted God by putting him in the basket and putting him in the river. And she said, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen to my boy, but Lord, I'm just trusting you. I'm trusting you, Lord. My plans ain't working, but I'm trusting you. She stepped out in faith and she made a decision and she acted on her faith. And God, the Bible says that God is pleased when we act out in faith. And not only that, he comes back and rewards us. Now watch this. Take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother. Here it is. I will pay you. I will pay you to nurse your own baby. Come on, ladies. Some of you be like, man, somebody need to be around here and pay me to nurse this baby. Those of you got five kids, like, man, I could have been banking. You know, somebody paid me to nurse them babies. Ain't nobody offer me money for them. Anyway, let me stop. I will pay you for your help. Wow. I mean, look, are you seeing this? I mean, you're, you're not as excited as I am. She put the boy in a basket in the river. I'm assuming by the end of the day, Moses may have not missed a meal. Who else was going to nurse him? The princess wasn't, she wasn't ready. I mean, the Bible doesn't say that Miriam waited. She, she come, I mean, think about a 16 year old girl and her baby boy just got rescued. I mean, her baby brother just got rescued. She's going to jump in the mix. Jochebed could have went from nursing him right before she put him in the basket to putting him in the place. And then within the same amount of time it would have took her to normally feed him again. She could have been feeding him again with a paycheck. Come on, somebody with a paycheck. Give my check. Ha, you can take the nurse's boy. Now. now, you know, mama, you know how it is. You're going to nurse him longer than you have to. Right. I'm going to milk it. Me and Pharaoh. I mean, that's Pharaoh's daughter. I mean, she got good money. Just saying. You, you getting this so far? Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Isn't it crazy? How a New Testament verse can fulfill an Old Testament story. Think about that. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And he rewards those who sincerely seek after him. Think about that. That's true. That word is true. I believe that Hebrews verse came out of, it had to come somewhere from this story that God rewards those who diligently seek him, those who step out in faith and those who trust God more than they trust their own common sense and their own wisdom and the advice of everybody else around them. They trust God. You know, what's crazy is is to watch how, how mothering has changed over the last couple of years. I mean, Cheryl and I were like right at the end of the old school method. You know, we, we kind of did things different. You, you whip a baby. You pass them on the, on the behind. Listen, my kids all fell on the floor one time. And they never did it again. 
But I see moms now, you know, they want to talk to the baby, let the baby express its feelings and all that's going on. Man, that takes too long, man. Put a little pad underneath there. That's why God put him a cushion right there. Pass him one. Get him up off that floor. He'll never do it again. And you don't have to talk as much. It's amazing, man. I'm like, man, who's telling these mamas? Just saying. Just saying. Don't be Googling trying to find out how to. Just sad. Sad. I'll put the baby in the corner. What they going to do? They're going to play in the corner. Don't make sense to me. Pass them a good one, give them a kiss, and send them back outside to play. Jochebed had faith. She stepped out of the norm. She made a, a faith decision, and God rewarded it. She got her baby back with a paycheck. And I'm going, man, this is so crazy. That's the funniest part of this story, is that she gets him back, and now she gets paid. I mean, think, that's, that's ridiculous. But that's God, Right? That's God. That's the God that we serve. I believe that God loves to reward us. I believe he loves to show his goodness towards us. I believe he's, there's a whole bunch of things up there that we just haven't tapped into yet. A whole bunch of rewards we should have gotten, but we didn't get because we didn't step out in faith. Maybe we crumbled into fear or we, we made a decision to go a different way. He loves to reward his children. Amen. So let me start to close this. I don't know how long this closing is going to be, but let me start to close this. So that's Moses's first mom. The Bible says when he was older, she, Jochebed brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. And Pharaoh's daughter adopted him. Think about this. Why did Moses need to go to Pharaoh's daughter's house? Because God had a plan for Moses. He needed a place to be secure. He needed a place where he wouldn't be treated like a Hebrew child. He needed a place where he could be covered and protected. You see, the fact that she adopted him took all the warrants out off of him. You got to get this. Because he was adopted in a Pharaoh's house, he was no longer a wanted baby boy who was Hebrew. He was now a, a, a child of Egypt in a sense. And the Bible says that later on he grew and as he got older, he started rejecting the, the things of Pharaoh's house. And he didn't want to be recognized as Pharaoh's daughter's son. Why is that? Because there was something inside of him that knew he was better than an Egyptian. Right? There was something inside of him. But his second mom was there for his protection. And to preserve his life until the moment that God plucked him out and brought him into the wilderness and turned his life around and then sent him back into the place to rescue a nation. Mama, I'm telling you, you don't know what's on the other side of that baby boy or that baby girl. You don't know what they're going to grow up to be. They may save a nation one day. They may go to a foreign country and save a whole tribe of people with a little bit of wisdom and common sense that God gave them. You never know what that baby's going to turn out to be. So I know it's hard. I know it's tough. And I know you want to quit. But don't quit. Don't quit. Trust God. Learn to cry out to God and lean on him and not your own understanding. And watch and see what he's going to do with your baby. Watch and see what he's going to do with your child. We went to a leadership meeting last night and 
Crowley's leadership meeting and it was in Gaydon and they had craw- ball crawfish. It was just a good time to go. And we was at this lady's house and, and her, her son is one of our pastors in our Texas churches and, and he's a great guy. And, and he, he come out, it's a big old church. He come out of Gaydon and which was a miracle in itself. But, but she told me, she told me, she said, yeah, I miss my boys. She said, but you know, they're all in the ministry. One of them's running a homeless shelter in some place in the country. And she said, he's just, he, he found what he was called to do. And he's just so passionate about meeting the needs of these homeless people. And my other son's pastoring and he's, he's raising up youth and he's, he's doing an incredible job. And all this is, and I saw her eyes. She was so proud to say that my kids had a calling and we, and we got them there. She was almost like, we, we got them there. She didn't have to tell me, but I know there was times she wanted to take them out. Times she wanted to hang them up from something. But thank God she didn't, right? Thank God she kept on going. Moses became the man he became because of the faith of his mom. It's funny to believe that Moses became the great man of faith that he was from a burning bush alone. I don't believe Moses received all of his faith when he had the burning bush moment. I believe the faith he had from his mama helped him to realize what was going on at the burning bush. Amen? Because I'll be honest with you, if I see a bush burning and it's not burning, I'm not hanging out. He gone. Right? I'm gone. I'm not hanging out watching. Mm-mm. Think it might catch on me. Mothers, you have an important role in your child's life. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. Listen, I know you can get into a groove and you go, you know what? It's just the day in and day out. Oh, my goodness. But you know what? Don't take it lightly. There's something special. There's something special in every one of them and they need you. More than they need a daddy, they need a mama to love them. A mama to care for them and nurture them. Do you realize this, that, that we get our nurturing and our love and our ability to receive love from our moms more than we do our fathers? You realize this, that, that if you're a mama that loves your kids with kind of an unconditional kind of love and just a, a faithful love, that it'll be easier for them to receive the love of the father because they know how to, they, they, they familiarize. Well, man, this looks, this love that's coming from God looks a lot like the love that I got from my mama. Man, this must be good. And they connect the dots one day. Right? Mamas, you got an important role. Don't take it lightly. I know you're tired. I know you're weary. I know it's tough, but don't take it lightly. Dream your dreams and let them drive you to faith in God. Amen. I want to end with a story of my mom. She was something special to me. She, she went against the norm. My mom was very strict on me. She was at times probably too strict, but for the most part, I, I, I realized her game plan. My mom was, she wouldn't let me date girls till I was in high school. Get you some of that. I mean, you're in junior high. You know, you're supposed to say, I mean, I got three girlfriends. I had none. I got, I got, I got caught writing a love letter to a girl. Man, I like lost my life. But my mom was like, no, bro, you ain't slipping up. You're not slipping up like all your uncles did and everybody else did around me. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to, yeah, it's tough. And boy, she got ridiculed. 
She got condemned from the family. You need to let that boy go. You need to let him have a little space. You need to let him live. You need to do this. Then it started on me. You need to tell your mama, let you go. I'm like, dear goodness. Of course, in those days, I was amen in my uncle and him. Yeah, man, y'all need to tell that woman something. She need to let me go. But she was strict and she was tough and she was hard on me. But at the same time, she loved me with an unconditional love. I realized shortly after graduating high school that that my mom loved me so much. She was a single mom, but she never when, when she became a single parent, she never tried to go and find a man. She never tried to go and, and find that void or, or fulfill that empty place in her life. She didn't even try. Listen to me. She didn't try. I became her focus. And she poured into me. She worked a full-time job. I lived with my grandmother. I kind of had two moms because they would both beat the cheese out of me and love me at the same time. But, but my mom raised me and she worked hard and she gave me the best things that she could. And, and she did all these things for me because I believe my mama saw something in me that was more than just being a Tyler boy. She wasn't raising another Tyler. She was raising a boy that had a calling on his life that was going to go somewhere and do something one day. You follow me? And even in the midst of my rebellion, I believe that my mama hung on to that promise, hung on to those dreams, and she didn't let go. I believe she spent a lot of time on her knees for me. In fact, she had to have. Because I wouldn't be here today without it. And I'll never forget the day I watched my mom. She was in the hospital in a semi a semi-coma. She would kind of come in, in and out a little bit. I guess, I guess that's a real thing, a sem- semi-coma. And I was my turn to stay with her in the hospital. My mom died at 45, by the way. She was my age when she was diagnosed with brain cancer, fought it for three years. And I watched her just deteriorate year after year. And she's in that hospital. And I'm trying to get the cot ready to go to sleep. And I don't know if she's going to talk or not. And all of a sudden, I hear her kind of mumble something. She goes, you going to church Sunday? I say, yeah, mom, I'm going to go to church Sunday. And, man, I got overwhelmed with all these emotions all of a sudden. And it just kind of took my breath away. And I went, I went to my mom, and I, I got down on my knees on the side of her bed. And I said, Mom, I don't know if you can hear me, but I just want you to know, thank you. Thank you for being hard on me. Thank you for being strict. Thank you for loving me enough to break the norm. Thank you for loving me enough to not fold under the condemnation and the pressure of this world. Thank you for raising me different. And she put her hand on me and she just squeezed me and she just loved on me. And then not many weeks after that, they called me. She was back at home just kind of waiting her time out. And I mean, they called me and they said, hey, it's not looking good. And I went home and and I watched my mama take her last breath. I'll never forget the emotion that came up. It was so unexpected. I'm standing there. My best friend's there and my aunts are there and my grandmother's there. I watched her take her last breath, and I was like, and I put my hands out, and I grabbed everybody's hand. I said, let's pray. And I gave one of the greatest prayers of thanksgiving I've ever given because I was grateful. You follow me? I was grateful for my mama. You know why I was grateful for my mama? Because she loved me, and she cared for me, and she stood in faith for me. And she went against the norm and she didn't let the pressures of this world make her fold. She stood for me. 
And I was able to stand there with an honest and pure heart and say, God, thank you so much for my mom. It was the strangest prayer because she just died. And it's like, thank you for my mom. Let me say this, mom. They may not get it right now. They may be mad at you and they may not understand and they may be kicking and screaming and running from you and even calling you names. But let me tell you something from my own experience. One day they're going to turn around and they're going to call you blessed and they're going to say thank you. And they're going to say, I appreciate you because they're going to realize one day, one day the light bulb will come on. Come on, somebody It's going to come on one day and they're going to realize how important you are. And they're going to love you and they're going to appreciate you and then they're going to brag on you. And then they're going to go find a wife that's just like you. Hopefully. Right? So mamas, you got the greatest job on the planet. But I also say this, you got the toughest job on the planet. And you don't nearly get paid enough for what you do. But I believe that day when the light bulb comes on and they turn around and they come back and they say thank you with an honest and pure heart, I believe you're going to say, you know what, they could have gave me all the money in the world, but it wouldn't mean nothing compared to this. You never know what's on the other side of your face, stepmama. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Press in. Press into God. Cry out to God. In your darkest hour.